0: Welcome back to another episode of the Outsider Sports Baseball Podcast. Just the two of us today, Corey Jason, John Pauline, handling it down for the trade deadline. Trade deadline, Tuesday at 4 p.m. We are in the twilight hours of what's really considered, to, at least to me, to the first half. I get you have the all-star break, right? And that feels like it's almost halfway through the season. But really the unofficial halfway point or you could even argue you know two-thirds point is the trade deadline. Teams figure out what their identity is and there's really three camps. There's buyers, there's sellers, and then there's stand pats. And some teams do a little one, do a little the other and it's really crunch time because you have to figure out what you want to do. Because if you're selling, you're more or less giving up on this season and saying, you know, we're not good enough this year. Let's go for it next year. We'll have a better chance or two years from now, three years from now. Let's just build up that farm system. Let's get some prospects. we got some guys here that, you know, we don't think we're going to retain. We don't either want to or we think they're going to leave in free agency over the next six to 18 months depending on it, maybe even a little longer if you get somebody who's really under control. So you have a lot of question marks. And you saw you, you find that teams kind of, they don't want to admit that they're sellers. They do a little selling, a little buying to kind of keep the fan base happy. But there's been a bunch of trades, right? And the first trade that kind of kicked everything off happened a month ago. The deadline, albeit on August 1st, Things start to happen about a month before. You get the slow trickle of trades. The first domino, Aroldis Chapman went from Kansas City right to Texas. The Rangers gave up left-hander Cole Riggins and Ronnie Cabrera. And that happened a while ago. We've had some stuff since then, like Kike Hernandez from Boston. He went back to the Dodgers for a couple prospects. That happened on the 25th. But now, after those two trades happen, a lot of unimportant trades, a lot of, you know, they're not moving the needle much, trades happen. And then you get to, like, the last couple of days. When that deadline's approaching, things happen, and they happen fast. You know, the first one I kind of want to bring up, Noah Syndergaard from the Dodgers, he went to Cleveland for Ahmed Rosario. Two former teammates, two former Mets getting traded for each other, John I want to hear your thoughts on this because Syndergaard hasn't been the same since he was a Met. I know he was with your Phillies for a little bit. He's been kind of not so good, if I want to put it nicely. The Dodgers have been needing a shortstop for a while. And it's just you don't really see two major leaguers get traded one for one for each other like this. So what are your thoughts on this move?
1: I think it's a good move on the Dodgers' part. I mean, they get their shortstop and stuff, and I guess you, the Guardians, you know, take a shot at Cindergard and see if he can start, you know, putting it back together again. Because I mean, ever since he got hurt, he really hasn't been the same. I mean, velocity's just been down, you know, just been down ever since, and he hasn't gone to back up, and he's just like a shell of his former self. So I mean, honestly, it's I think it's a it's a win for the Dodgers and, you know, and if it works and, you know, if Syndergaard turns out to be good for the guardians, I mean, it's a win on both sides possibly, but right now, I mean, I think great trade by the Dodgers part.
0: Yeah. Once Gavin Lux went down during spring training with that knee injury, it was kind of the shortstop spot was in flux. They were really banking on Lux. That's why they didn't keep Trey Turner. Which, John, I think right now in year one of that contract, you're kind of regretting, right? You kind of wish that they kept Trey Turner.
1: I wish they would have kept Trey Turner. I mean, honestly, Trey Turner has just, uh, he's been, I think, the reason why the Phillies are uh, doing, we're doing as bad as they were at the start of the year. So I wish the Dodgers would have just kept him.
0: Yeah. So it's a, again, odd thing. I, I like this move for the Dodgers a lot. For Cleveland, you know, Cleveland's known for being able to work with starting pitchers. You know, Kluber, Bieber, Bauer. Savali's done really well since he came back from injury. Lysak isn't ter- or wasn't terrible when he was with them. They had some good arms there. So maybe they can figure out Noah Syndergaard and get him back to form. Again, Rosario fills a major hole for the Dodgers. I like this move for the Dodgers. And Cleveland, you know, I don't know if this is a punt move, but it definitely isn't a step forward to me. The next move, you have the Angels buying. I don't want to say shocking the world, but definitely didn't seem like it. It was building towards this. They could have stand pat. They could have stayed the course, but they decided. You know what? To show Shohei that we're gonna go and we're gonna compete. We're gonna make some trades. So they brought from the White Sox. They got Lucas Giolito and Reynaldo Lopez. Interesting with them, though, is that this isn't the first time they've been traded together. They both went from Washington to Chicago together in another trade a few years back. The uh, Angels gave up Kyle Bush and Edgar Caro. That happened on the 27th. I really like this move for the Angels, it really shows that they're going for it. After that, the old man, Carlos Santana, down in Pittsburgh, he moves on to Milwaukee. For an 18-year-old shortstop, Johnny Severino, that move, it's going to take a few years before it bears some fruit for the Pirates, but you moved a veteran and got somebody who's almost like a lottery ticket you can really hone and develop. Now, a really surprising move and kind of the first major card to fall, David Robertson of the Mets went to the Marlins for two young 19-year-old prospects, Marco Vargas an infielder and Ronald Hernandez, a catcher. This is, that was kind of the first indication that, you know what? The Mets are done. They're, they're throwing in the the towel. They're not going for it this year. And it's really a shame to see he had a lot of issues, but Max Scherzer said it that's their closer. How are you going to trade the closer and then say you're going for it? Right. So that was kind of the, the, the indicator that the Mets, the Mets are done this year. They're going to retool, go for it again next year. Or at least that's what we thought. And we'll get to that a little bit later. Lance Lynn and Joe Kelly are the next pieces to go. They went from the White Sox to the Dodgers for Trace Thompson, who was drafted by the White Sox a few years ago. Nick Nastrini and Jordan Leisure. Decent return for the White Sox, who have a horrid farm system. Don't really like their roster. I don't like their future. I don't think it's that bright. Lance Lynn, nope. Pitching particularly well, but he is a workhorse. He will eat innings for the Dodgers, and the Dodgers need that. They need guys that will just throw innings, and hopefully their offense will back them up. Joe Kelly, obviously familiar with the Dodgers. He's an arm that they know well. White Sox continue the selling trend. They send Kendall Graveman to Houston. He was formerly of the Astros as well, and they brought back uh, catcher Corey Lee, another good one. The the White Sox, they need to be under new management, really, for me to really believe any of this stuff's going to actually work out for them. But Houston got a really good arm in the bullpen, a closer-type player who has experience working with them and in October. So couldn't have asked for a better move from them in that regard. But moving it back to what we were talking about, right, with David Robertson going to Miami and him being the first sign that the Mets are kind of in flux, Max Scherzer, Arguably the one and only blockbuster piece that could be moved this year. It's a very weird year because there's a lot of buyers, not a lot of sellers and those sellers don't really have any, you know, incredible pieces. So it's an odd year. So now that Max Scherzer, he's on the move. He went to the Rangers. There was some uh, cannery going on with that contract. He had an option year, but, the Mets weren't allowed to actually give money to the Rangers to help pay down that contract, if it's an option year. Scherzer needed to opt in to make it fully guaranteed for the Mets to be able to help pay it. It's some ruled within the CBA and all those contracts where, if it's an option year and the player has an option to decline it, you can't actually pay towards that contract. So the Mets they gave some money, right, thirty-five million dollars to cover part of this year and part of next year's contract with Scherzer. Scherzer did opt in. And the Mets got an incredible prospect infielder, Luis Angel Acuna, brother of Ronald Acuna Jr. And this is somebody who I personally think is going to be an absolute superstar in the league. I think it's an incredible haul for the Mets. The Mets turned a, I don't want to say a bum washed up pitcher, but I'm not going to not say a bum washed up pitcher because Scherzer wasn't helping them. He's fallen short in every big moment the Mets had. Every single time the Mets needed him to step up and show some heart and show some balls, Scherzer fell short every time. You go back to last year against the Braves at the end of the season, against the Padres in the playoffs. This year, just every time the Mets needed him, he couldn't get the job done. So you move on from that and get an absolute stud in a prospect in Acuna, absolute amazing trade for the mets. I'm excited to see how that works out for them because that was just an incredible move and I think that that might be the only blockbuster thing to happen this uh this trade deadline. John, I want to hear your thoughts on that. Can you tell me uh how you feel about that Scherzer move since he's getting out of your division now?
1: I mean, it's not like he was doing particularly well this year. I mean, he's he's like he's not what he was with the Dodgers, he's not what he was with the Nationals he seems like a, he's like a, almost a former shell and stuff. I mean, he still has, you know, good games with him and stuff, but I mean, on the Mets part, I mean, I'm just kind of surprised, I guess they, they are given up this year. Cause I mean, they went out and they, you know, spent all that money in the off season and everything. And you know, the, yeah, the unfortunate in, in, injury with, you know, Diaz in spring, but I mean, it, it just, you know, it's just kind of weird seeing them call quits and, you know, Trading away, you know, their closer and David Robertson, and trading away Scherzer. But I mean, it's great for the Mets. I mean, you're pretty much calling it quits for the season. But I mean, like, it's going to be a win probably next year.
0: Next move up is Jordan Hicks moving from St. Louis. Hicks, the flamethrower, never really got down the concept of location and accuracy, but he throws the ball hard. Goes north of the border to Toronto. For a couple prospects sam roberts and adam Kloffenstein they go back to saint louis and you know toronto's biggest issue has been their pitching both starting and relieving their offense is there boba going to lead the league in hits again vlad guerrero jr is vlad guerrero jr right they have great players they just can never get the pitching and even the the pitchers that they did get They've never been studs. They've never been guys that you're able to, you know, shoulder the team, put them on their back. And I'm not saying Hicks is that guy, but Hicks is a very good reliever. And a change of scenery could help kind of, you know, fix some of that issue he has with the control. And who knows, maybe Toronto is able to see something in him and get him back on track. Because he's a guy that if he can figure out his accuracy, he'll be able to be a closer in this league for a long, long time.
1: I mean, you see it time and time again with players where, like, they're on a team for a while and they just can't get it together and they're, you know, like, below average, not good or about average, and then they get, they finally, you know, then the team finally says, we're kind of done with you, we're giving up, we're going to trade you away, and then all of a sudden, they it's like they do what they were supposed to do on the other team, and it kind of makes, like, the team, you know, getting rid of them look kind like, of stupid, but, you know, maybe this change of scenery does help, and it turns out being, you know, a really nice closer for the Blue Jays, because they sure can use the help.
0: Next up, possibly one of the more underrated deals, at least to me, you got Jordan Montgomery and Chris Stratton of the of the Cardinals. They go to Texas for Thomas Aguise, Tacoa Roby, and John King. That deal happened on the 30th. Montgomery, former Yankee, they traded him straight up for uh, Harrison Bader. And it kind of hurts because the, the haul the Cardinals got is a lot greater than what the Yankees got for Montgomery, who had 18 months of control pretty much. Montgomery, newly 30 years old. Pair him along with uh Scherzer. The Rangers rotation is kind of set for the uh for October for the playoffs. Ivaldi on the IL, but he should be back. And that makes it a formidable one, two, three punch right there. Guys that have experience in October and experience having success in big spots i think that's a great trade for the rangers the rangers might be the second scariest team in the american league because i i really do think the baby birds the orioles are incredible they're so young they're so talented they will be a force for years to come and i don't think they really need to do anything at the deadline because why would they want to move any of their young talent that's just gonna come up and come up and just make waves for, you know, a decade at least. Nicky Lopez of the Royals, he goes to Atlanta for Taylor Hearn. Hearn made one start with the uh, the uh Braves, I should say. So Nicky Lopez of the Royals to Atlanta for Taylor Hearn. Hearn made one start for the Braves. And, you know, this is kind of just a dump off, you know, the, rain, the Royals needed a guy that can throw some innings. And Nicky Lopez wasn't doing anything there. Just a good, you know, utility piece for the – uh for the Braves. After that, you got CJ Crone and Randall Grichuk of the Rockies. They go to the Angels. Again, the Angels are going for it. The Angels, they bring back, or they give up, I should say, Mason Albright and Jake Madden. Just another deal where the Angels are bolstering up some holes. They get Crone, a first baseman, Grichuk, an outfielder. Able to have some guys there now that, uh, again, starting experience, success, of a, a, tr- a track record of success. And honestly, just this is all almost a show because the Angels, they might not even make the playoffs. They're still behind the Yankees, honestly. And they're just trying to make a dog and pony show to show Otani saying, hey, you know, we're here. We want to compete. We're going to go for it. And that's all that matters to them. They don't care about making the playoffs, in my opinion. They only care about showing Otani that they're committed to trying to win with him. So it's not about this year. It's about the next 15 years. And if you can lock up Otani, that's what these trades are really about.
1: So you think these trades are more of them, not just going all in and trying to make the place, but more so trying to, you know, in a ploy to try and get Otani to sign back with them, like for next year. Absolutely. Again, don't get me twisted here. The Angels are trying
0: to make the playoffs, right? But it's not really their main objective. They don't actually think that they're going to make the World Series, win the World Series, and if they don't make the playoffs, that's not going to be uber upsetting. Their whole thing right now is let's make Otani think. Let's get him to know that we're willing to make moves behind him and run with him to try to make the playoffs and win a chip. It's not about this year, right? Otani's a free agent. So they just need to make sure they're ingratiated to him and make him want to stay. Because at the end of the year, if they fall just short, which I, which to be honest, I think is the best case scenario for the Angels. They fall just short. They miss. Maybe they lose out on a playoff spot the last day of the season. It'll leave Otani hungry. He'll look around. Trout was out for a while. Oh Hoppe was out for a while. These guys, you know, these contributors weren't around Joe Adele has been shuttled up and down right these guys weren't around next year you know if we bring all these guys back and everybody's healthy we got a shot at this thing right so it's just mind games almost with Otani and that's really their whole main goal after that again another big trade Aaron Savali of the Guardians to the Rays for Kyle Manzardo Fantastic deal for Cleveland. They get rid of a guy who has a streaky track record. You don't really see trades between two, you know, playoff bound teams or playoff competitive teams. But this is one of them. Manzardo, he's arguably one of the best first basemen in all the minor leagues this year. So to move him and get him, it's a really, really good trade for Cleveland. And honestly for Tampa too, because they get a bona fide starter who's played really well the last two months. Paul Sewald of the Mariners. He, he goes to Arizona for Josh Rojas, Dominic Canzon, and Ryan Bliss. Arizona just gets another reliever. They're trying to bolster up and make a run. Mark Hanna of the Mets goes to Milwaukee for Justin Jarvis. It's kind of whatever. Canna never really broke out with the Mets. He had a good couple months to start the year, but really fell off. Now, Heimer Candelario, we don't know the return on him as, as of recording this, but the Cubs made a play. Candelario went from the Nats to the Cubs. And the Cubs now, a couple of games out of a playoff spot, they're not sellers, they're buyers. And they got one of the biggest pieces out there in Candelario, who's having a very solid season. The Cubs have a shot to win their division. So the Cubs really going for it now, especially with Bellinger playing like he is and Stroman pitching like an ace. Now, another trade happened really a f- couple minutes before we started recording, Right. A.J. Pollock and Mark Mathias from Seattle to San Fran. We we don't know the return just yet. But San Fran tweaking their outfield, getting a nice utility guy. Mathias Pollock, he's been around, veteran presence. But another move that the Giants needed to make to keep pace in the NL West. But those are trades that happen. There's still a couple players out there that haven't been moved. We got the Mets' Justin Verlander. Detroit starters, Eduardo Rodriguez and Michael Lorenzen. The Cardinals, right? Paul DeJong, Dylan Carlson, Tommy Edmond. They got a lot of guys they can move. Colorado's catcher, Elias Diaz, the All-Star Game MVP. Jack Flaherty from the Cardinals. Lane Thomas of Washington. Tommy Pham of the Mets. Kyle Finnegan, a reliever from Washington. These are guys still available. So before we kind of talk about what are some possible trades that could happen, John, can you give me some insight as a Philly fan of what you kind of think the Phillies should do and what you think they actually will do? Because I'm sure those are two wildly completely different things.
1: I think with the Phillies, what I guess like, you know, what I want the Phillies to do or I think they should, you know, should do kind of thing. I want them to get, you know, I think they need some more help on pitching, whether it be in the bullpen or starting, but I really think they need another starting pitcher in that rotation because it's just, they, they're missing that other, they're missing that. They're just missing that, that one other pitch in the rotation there to tell them out there. Like they just seem to fall short there. I think the bullpen, you're probably better off. I mean, you still have, you know, I think you'll have uh, Alvarado. I think someone coming back soon. I think he's up. But you have, you know, you have Dominguez, you have uh, Kimbrell stuff. So, I mean, relief pitching might not be too bad of a thing. I know a lot of Phillies fans want them to go out and get bats, more bats. I don't think – I really don't think they need to be going out and getting more bats. If anything, maybe trade away some of the bats, maybe for a pitcher. And I think that's more likely what's going to happen. I think they're going to trade away some of their bats because they're kind of crowded in – like, you know, they're kind of crowded in the infield and outfield a little bit and probably, you know, can afford the ups on those guys, but – they And that's probably what they're going to do. They'll probably go after some pitching.
0: Now, the Mets, we discussed them a little bit earlier. The Mets are selling. Verlander's an option. I just think the Mets need to be careful because now that Scherzer's gone, who do you have next year to pitch? Cookie Carrasco's been horrendous. He can't be somebody you rely on next year. You have Kodai Senga. I mean, after Senga, who's your next guy? David Peterson? Tyler McGill? you don't really have anybody. So Verlander who's under contract for next year. Why move him? If you're trying to compete, I know they think they're going to get Otani or they want to try to get Otani, but you can't bank on that. And the, the market next year. Isn't great. The best pitcher outside of Otani is Aaron Nola. Now, John, you can speak on Nola too, but. I don't think Nola's been all that great this year, and I'd be really hesitant to give him an ace-level contract. So the Mets, they need to really be weary of selling some of the guys under contract because if you, you sold Scherzer, fine, but selling Verlander, too, puts next year kind of in flux and is a big question mark.
1: But do, do you just get rid of Verlander anyway? I mean, like, how old is he now? I mean, is he even going to be able to pitch at a high level next year? Like, is it even going to be – you know, is he even going to be, you know, you yeah, know, a good not? pitcher next year? So, yeah, you you, know, I you, mean, I mean, you
0: can't assume the worst. He's pitched pretty well this year, all things considered. So, just to 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 get off of him, just because you kind of you're selling now because this year didn't work out, I just think it's counterproductive and sets you back. Remember, we went into this thinking that the Mets were going to have this dream team, this awesome rotation of former Cy Youngs, who, although a little old. You know, can still hold it down, and that just didn't shake out. But to get rid of both of them, I, it just to me, it just doesn't seem like it's the smartest move.
1: I think if you're going under the assumption that that Verlander is going to pitch, you know, good and that's probably what they're going going on. Then I think you keep them, you stop selling. I think you sold enough already because, like you said, if they continue with what they're doing, they're going to have you still no- have Tommy Pham, you- who you should move on from for sure. Yeah. But I mean, they get rid of Verlander. I mean, who do you like? He's like, who do they have make sure They go on, and I mean, like, I mean, I mean, you can bank on getting, you know, Otani. You can maybe. I don't know if they want to take a shot at Nola. I don't know if the Phillies are going to resign or not because he hasn't had a very good year this year. I'm not sure what's up with it. I mean, I don't know if it's the the pitch clock giving him trouble and he's still not used to it, or I, I don't know because he's always been kind of a. They say he's an ace, but he feels like he's always been kind of up and down. I mean, he's the kind of guy, you know, he'll, you know, strike out 10 people, then walk two guys and give up a three-run homer. And, you know, so I'm not sure, even at his best, if you'd want to take a chance on him. I mean, but I guess I guess I would figure the Mets, I think you hold on to Verlander. And then if you, you know, possibly if you end up getting, you know, another pitcher or everything, then I think you're probably in a really good spot. I mean, you already made some really good trades getting rid of, you know, Scherzer and Roberts. So, I mean, I think the Mets kind of hold for now.
0: And now you kind of move to the Yankees and sell, 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 sell. How long have we been saying this? Or at least me. Sell. You have guys that are not coming back next year that are on expiring contracts. You can get a great prospect or two for Wandy Peralta. You got guys like Isaiah kiner Falefa, who who's actually played really well this year. Sell high. Just move on from guys. Harrison Bader can still get you something, right? Just sell guys on expiring contracts and listen in on guys like Nestor, on Clark Schmidt, on Domingo Herman. Sell high on some of these guys that aren't actually going to be here long-term. Guys that you you don't have plans to retain after their contracts are done. Restock that farm system and punt on the year. Do what you can to get to 500 if that's really what you want. I'd be fine with that. I'm fine with winning and selling. But just buying makes no sense. You're in last place. You're going to stay in last place. You had the easy, soft part of your schedule all of June, and you went under 500. You just lost two out of three to Baltimore. Tampa's kicking your butt now. It's just unbelievable how we can keep doing the same things over and over and over and expect to get the same results. It's it's just mind boggling. And I tell you what, I'll tell you what, John, the Yankees are going to keep Cashman. They're going to keep Boone. Nothing will change in the off season. And you know, it'll be the same song and dance next year. They're going to look at the team. You know, we just paid Rodan. We, we have Aaron Judge. Stanton's still kicking. We have these guys we think we can compete. We don't need to sign another big money guy like Otani to a lot of money we think Volpe will take a step in year two we have prospects we like just over and over it's going to be wildly the same team next year come opening day 2024 Trevino's catching Rizzo at first Glaber at second Volpe at short Cole pitching DJ at third judging center Stanton and right, or judging right Stanton DH center field's going to be question mark and left field's going to be Oswaldo Cabrera. Center field, maybe they have Jason Dominguez win the spot coming out of camp, kind of like Volpe did. But that's really the only question mark. Maybe Florio finally gets his shot. It's just frustrating because they're not a fun team to watch. They're just not enjoyable. And as much as I love them, right, they're my team. It's just not fun right now. John, maybe as an outside perspective, you can can help me out here, but they're just not a fun team to watch right now, and they should just sell off anything they can right now.
1: I mean, you look at the stuff, and it's like, I almost think the Yankees look like they're doing worse than they actually are because of the division they're in, because they have to compete with the Blue Jays, the Orioles, the Rays, and the Red Sox, who are doing fairly well this year, too, but... So, I think it, I think, I think, you know, just kind of like what's around, it looks a little worse than what they're actually doing, but they're not doing, you know, I guess as good as you would hope they are. But I I agree with you. I mean, I think, you know, it's like a fun team to watch this year. I mean, like, judgment hurt for a lot of it. You know, I think you do sell, 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 sell sell and stuff and try to, you know, get players, you know, for the future, maybe a, a year or two down the road, maybe. And play because I think you got to change the team up because obviously what you have now I guess isn't is it's like working but it's not working. And you said Boone's still going to be there. I honestly think if the Yankees don't, I don't think I honestly think if the Yankees like don't make the playoffs or even go far because I think Boone's gone. I I don't. From what I'm seeing and hearing and stuff, I just I don't see him staying there after this year.
0: Now, John, you had a couple uh, trade proposals you wanted to bring up. Let's kind of go through those pretty quick and. And get some thoughts on those. So, what was your first one?
1: So, I'm gonna go with my first one. This one, this is this one's probably the craziest ones I have. And I think before I put the straight pulls together, I didn't know the Diamondbacks went in and out and got a uh, Sawald. So but this is the Diamondbacks trade with the Pirates for Bednar, and the Pirates get Drew Jones, sought outfielder, the son of a Gold Glover and Drew Jones. You got Drew, Drew Jones has above average arm, plus plus speed. ETA ETA up in the leagues is 2026. Yeah, also given up Brandon Fought. Pitcher, I think he, he's up now. He struggled, he's struggled on his first day it starts, but last two he's been better. And then given up another pitcher, Landon Sims. He's right handed pitcher. He's in single A. He's hurt right now, but he has a really nice fastball, swing and miss slider, and he's getting he gets these rays from the scouts and evaluate evaluators and once he comes back, he will move up to the big leagues very quickly and can be a solid starter or closer. So, and I mean, honestly, I mean, I think if you still want to, Dimex still want to go in this trade, they can but they'd be giving up a lot for the house and stuff. But I think, you know, now they got all maybe don't need to do this trade.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, on top of that, the Pirates really don't want to trade Bedner, right? They, they saw flashes this year of the team being really good. And Bedner is still very controllable. I believe he's a free agent after 2026, so he's highly controlled. Twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. Exactly. So it's just doesn't make sense for the the pirates to move him, even for a guy like Drew Jones, who outside of Jackson Holiday has got insane potential. And I just don't think that it's a very likely move. Hit me with another one, John.
1: Another trade I got involves the Diamondbacks and the Tigers. Diamondbacks given up. Slade Saccone, right-handed pitcher. I think he actually just got called up by the Braves, like like almost right after I put his name down. I think he's supposed to be starting Wednesday. And they also give Detroit Blaze Alexander's triple A. He played he's a shortstop, second baseman, third baseman got a plus plus arm, good glove for Detroit pitcher Eduardo Rodriguez. He got three years left on his contract for Agent 2027. so he's a control, nice controllable arm for Arizona and would really round out their starting pitching. And this is a trade that I still think that they can do and might want to do. It's tough, but I think this one might be a little
0: doable. It's it's just interesting because they need help there, right? So a move like this sets them up for the long run, right down the stretch in, eight, in August and September. I, I don't know if these prospects will be able to get it done, but it's a move that I think at least on the surface level would benefit both sides.
1: I mean, honestly, you can take some of even take some of the prospects from the other proposed trade I have with Pittsburgh, you know, Brandon Fodd or something and add that and maybe, you know, get the ball rowing. Cause I mean they definitely can use another starting pitcher. But oh, I 100%. think that's more realistic.
0: Hit me with the last one.
1: Last one. I got the Phillies and, tri- and Tigers trading. Phillies, Phillies getting Michael Lorenzen. He would just be a you know would just be a rental, but he'd be a nice. He could be a you know good back end starter, or come out of the bullpen if they need him. So you kind of get you know two birds of one stone there. And Phillies giving up, you know, Derek Hall or Cody Clemens. Now the, you know those guys might not be get, be enough to get it going. I mean, maybe they could add in you know Edmundo Sosa or Jay Cave. Possibly I've seen, you know, Phillies talking about throwing around, maybe getting rid of Boehm. I don't know. Maybe make it more enticing for the Tigers to do the trade.
0: Uh, it's The Phillies would need to give a lot more to make this work. And I'm talking about a lot. Cody Clemens has absolutely no value whatsoever. And Derek calls a first baseman. I mean, like, he, he's not some top prospect. It's a seller's market, John, and the, the Phillies will need to actually like really give up some good stuff to get them. But let's move on for, from the trade talk and let's get into our studs and duds. My stud starting pitcher from Seattle, Luis Castillo in 13 innings, he went one and oh six hits, two earned runs, three walks, 16 strikeouts. Overall good week from the guy who last trade deadline was acquired for, from the reds. My dud for Amber Valdez of the Astros, a starter. In three and two-thirds innings, he was 0-1, gave up eight hits, two walks, one strikeout, and six earned runs. I'm not too worried about him, but just a bad week overall. Who's your stud and who's your dud, John?
1: My stud this week is uh, Atl- Atlanta's first baseman, Matt Olson. He had seven hits, 3 runs, eight RBIs, two walks, batted 269 this past week. He's just been a big bat for them all year, and he does it again this week. And my dud this week is a guy who's been, you know, hot in trade talks this week. You know, Eduardo Rodriguez, he went, he only went four and two third innings, gave up four and runs, seven hits, three walks, three strikeouts. It was a no decision to factor, but by far one of his worst games and earned the dud.
0: Now let's go to the weekly series highlight for me. Angels at Atlanta. Atlanta is the team to beat in all of Major League Baseball. Meanwhile, the Angels, they made some moves. They're going for it. And, you know, this is the perfect time to showcase it. Otani's hot, right? He's going. He's playing well. He's trying to break judges' single season American League home run record. Fingers crossed he doesn't get there. And you know what? To show that you're actually competing, you got to beat the best. And the, the Braves are the best. So I think this is a really good test for the Angels to really show what they're made of, what the metal is. And honestly, Atlanta, you got to beat another up and coming team. albeit unlikely. The Angels are a team they could possibly face in the world series, right? So you got to just be able to knock them down. And quite frankly, you're going against the best player in all of baseball in Otani Acuna is probably the second best player in baseball this season. So you have two of the brightest stars in the whole sport going head to head. It's just going to be a fun matchup
1: to watch. My weekly highlight this week is going to be LA at San Diego. This is a big, big, big game, very important series. Big games for the Padres. You have the Dodgers in first, San Diego's in fourth. fourth. They're, eight games, they're eight games behind the Dodgers in first place. So, like, this is like a must-win series for the Padres right now. You know, if they win this, if they, you know, sweep them here or even win the series, they're going to be catching a lot of games on the Dodgers. So this should be, this is a, not only should be a good series to watch, but also a very important series.
0: All right. That's going to do it here for us. We're going to cover up what happened in the trade deadline next week. Plus, you know, looking really into uh, prepping for October, you have a lot of races, the wildcard races, one, two, and three. Plus you have the AL East that's still up for grabs, the AL Central, the NL Central. I kind of think the the NL East is a little out of reach. Plus, the, uh, the Wests are still up there, Astros and Rangers, Giants, Diamondbacks. Giants? Who knows? All these teams are still possible. Are the Phillies going to get back into the playoff hunt? Who knows? Do the Yankees sell? What do the Mets do? We'll find out next week. Check us out, Outsidersports.net, for the rankings and other stuff. Twitter, Outsider Sports 3, YouTube, TikTok, search us up on Outsider Sports. Football's getting back into swing, so keep tuning in for the Football Pod.